You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, E.J. Andrews, coming to you on a very special day for uh, the host of this podcast. Um, those of you who may have seen my Twitter or are friends with me on Facebook or just stalking me in general, I, am, I don't know what you do with your time. Um, it's my birthday today. I... I am now well into my 30s, and by that I mean I turned 31 today, but as I said on Twitter, it's it's actually a, a kind of a special birthday, because, I mean, this is the first one where I'm myself. I'm, AJ has a birthday today, it's not some dude, so that does mean this birthday is a is a bit special I guess I mean I'm not planning on doing much for it I'm I'm gonna go out for sushi later that's that's the big plan I mean it's a Wednesday not much is happening we'll see what happens on the weekend but for now I spent the morning just relaxing drinking some tea watching some Netflix and you know what I I think that's a pretty good start to the day. So I'm doing all right. Um, but, you know, it is a birthday, so I I have gifts coming my way. Um, my roommate actually bought me a new softball bat that I'm going to be very excited to use in like a few months. But, you know, it's pretty and blue. So, <laughs> however, speaking of blue presents the blue jays decided to get me a present too how thoughtful um they signed another pitcher finally to a major league deal and while it is not the asian pitcher that a lot of people were hoping for it is someone who definitely falls in line with what the blue jays want to do they signed 32 year old uh japanese pitcher shun yamaguchi to a two-year deal worth about six million dollars um 20 percent of that will actually go to the yomiuri giants um who posted yamaguchi on december 3rd so um yamaguchi is a right-hander who has worked as both a starter and a reliever in his career in japan um primarily was a starter last year had 188 strikeouts in 170 innings with the Giants. So, outstanding strikeout pitcher. Um, had a 291 ERA, which, I mean, if you translate that to MLB, you're probably looking at around four. Which, if you can get a four ERA out of a starter for $3 million, you are doing very, very well for yourself. And... Given that some of the other Blue Jays targets, um, I know Josh Lindblom was a big um, a 
target of interest for the Blue Jays, but him going to Milwaukee, be closer to his home. Obviously, can't can't sign him away from Milwaukee. So this was probably the backup plan to that. And it's not a bad backup plan. Um, because again, you add Yamaguchi to the starting pitching mix, which that's what the offseason is about for the Blue Jays, is getting starters in who can actually throw innings. But um, signing Yamaguchi allows the Blue Jays to keep flexibility if they like if they do sign another starter and and from reports we're hearing the Blue Jays are not close to signing Hyunjin Ryu I'm sorry but it's probably for the best let the Angels overpay for him and then let him get injured in May because that's what Angel starters do so they still have the ability to go out and go after another starter if they want to pursue Dallas Keuchel if they want to bring in like an Alex Wood, someone like that, they do have the option to do that. And Yamaguchi could actually go back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen. If he earns a rotation spot in spring, that is great. If not, you can easily transition and basically hopefully be a better version of Sam Gavilio, which I mean, I know. I am setting the expectations for Yamaguchi so high. But that's that's what you have to do. Um, so more about Yamaguchi. He doesn't have very overpowering stuff. His fastball tops out at about 90 miles per hour. But um, where he's had success is with the forkball, which has a reputation as a specialty pitch for a lot of pitchers coming over from Asia. Um, you you look at some of the pitchers who have specialized in that forkball, which which essentially the forkball is like a, it's a split finger fastball that's very deep in the hand. Like, like you're jamming the ball in there. And a lot of time the forkball relies on, on a snap of the wrist to get like extra movement on it. But essentially it's it's like a curveball that comes out of a fastball grip. So it's a very interesting pitch. Um, Hideo Nomo used it very effectively. Kazuhiro Sasaki, the former Mariners closer, um, and former Blue Jays closer Tom Henke specialized in it as well. So... It's a very effective pitch when you're able to command it. And for a guy like Yamaguchi, he showed the ability to really take control of it last season. Again, we mentioned the strikeout totals, 188 Ks is pretty impressive in 170 innings. I mean, especially in the state age of the three true outcomes, you're going to need a guy who can actually put those kind of numbers on the board for you and, and limit damage. Um, for Yamaguchi, he was able to keep a, a fair amount of batters off, off the field. He had a 115 whip uh, for Yomiri last season. And then... Um, like, if, if he's able to translate that even a little bit, he will be well worth the $3 million. 
that the Blue Jays are going to pay for him. The thing with Yamaguchi, though, is what are the Blue Jays paying for? Are they going to get that guy who had that 2.91 ERA last season? Or are they getting a guy who has been able to put it together for parts of seasons or, or seasons, but has been kind of inconsistent um, over his career? Again, he had a lot of success very early on as a reliever. His actual his best season came in 2012 when he put up a 174 ERA for the Yokohama Bay Stars, solely operating as their closer. So he's very familiar with that role. But obviously the Blue Jays would like to have the length out of him as opposed to trying to essentially have their reliever in place, I guess. Um, The other thing you want to look at with Yamaguchi when it comes to his consistency is there is a recent incident on his record where he actually missed a the second half of the 2017 season because he attacked a hospital security guard and damaged hospital property while drunk. Not a not a great thing to have on the record. Um he seemed to put it behind him the past couple seasons with his performances for Yomiuri. But that is going to be something to have to watch with him. And maybe, you know, him coming over to North America, maybe that's less of an issue. But as the Pirates saw with Jung-ho Kang, it, it's not a guarantee. So that is, that is another thing to worry about. But again, it's why the Blue Jays were able to get him for $3 million a year. And it's why they're able to kind of take this sort of gamble on a guy who, you know, if he doesn't make the rotation or if one of the young starters is able to just kind of come out of nowhere. Well, not really come out of nowhere. I mean, we know who they are. It's Anthony Kay. It's it's TJ Zoic. It's Ryan Barucki. It's those guys. So if one of them is able to basically blow... Charlie Montoya and his staff away in spring training and, and really put the stamp on getting a, a start. Then Yamaguchi easy, easily shifts into a bullpen role. You know, it's it's not like you're, you're locking yourself in. So that's going to be the big thing for the Blue Jays. We're actually going to talk a little more about what the flexibility really means from the Yamaguchi signing and what it means for the rest of the offseason for the Blue Jays right after this break. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. And thank you to Spotify Wrapped for sponsoring that break. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrap, show your top Locked On podcast, take a screenshot, tag a Locked On podcast, and we will share it and retweet it because we like attention. So, yeah, as we were talking about before, um, with the flexibility that Shin Yamaguchi's signing gives the Blue Jays while addressing that major need that the Blue Jays have had for, I don't want to say forever, but 
basically since they went back to being bad. Addressing that starting pitching need. Um, one of the big problems last year was the Blue Jays' hand got forced very early uh, in regards to the rotation because of the injuries to guys like Clayton Richard, guys like Clay Buckles, guys like Matt Shoemaker, who they signed to these lottery ticket deals and then watched as, of course, they they all fell apart. Like, you're you're going into that expecting, okay, well, maybe one of them will be all right. Nope. <laughs> it was all of them. And what that did was force the Blue Jays' hand and force them to use... Um, Trent Thornton for the entire season, force him to use Jacob Wagus back, um, force him to try and, and repeatedly shove Thomas Pannone into that starter's role that he just cannot do and does not have to do now. Because now you look at all the guys that the Blue Jays have brought in, like, even, even if they do have to go into the season with Tanner Roark as their ace, at, at least their one to five doesn't have as steep a drop off as it did before. Like Roark's been consistently good. Um, Chase Anderson will consistently give you five innings. Matt Shoemaker, you're hoping can come back. A guy like Yamaguchi can do five innings, and and you know again you'll be all right getting to your bullpen at that point. So. And then, and then you look at all the guys who were pressed into action last year. You know, a lot of them are going to be starting in Buffalo and, and actually making Buffalo pretty good at the start of the season. So it, it gives the Blue Jays a depth that they've been trying to convince themselves that they had, but never really had. After after all the trades and everything like that. And and like we said, even if they don't get Ryu, um, even if they don't get Dallas Keuchel, if they sign one more guy um, to like a one-year deal, and, and there's still a few guys out there. Um, we mentioned Alex Wood. We mentioned um, Julio Teheran, um, Taiwan Walker. If you if you want to take another shot at an injury guy, Danny Salazar is out there. There's still options where, because you have all those guys stashed in Buffalo, and and potentially ready to go, if needed, then that allows you to gamble like this. That allows you to make these moves where, you know, if they work out, that's awesome. But if not. I mean, what it is, what it is. And I guess that's kind of the hidden blessing of the Blue Jays 2019 season from a starting pitching perspective. Yeah, it was absolute garbage for for results on the field. But now you have all these guys battling for one spot. And if it turns out you need to dip into your reserves. Like if Matt Shoemaker blows up his arm again and and obviously praying for that not to happen because Shoe is a good guy. Do not want to see him have another injury problem like he did last year. But 
Trent Thornton now has major league experience as a starter. Jacob Wagesback now has experience as a starter. Anthony Kay has tasted MLB. TJ Zoyke has tasted MLB. Nate Pearson is there ready and waiting. The Blue Jays have a plethora of options to choose now, as opposed to last season when, you know, Edwin Jackson got like 10 starts and and Ryan Furibend was called up. And, you know, you, you just had to basically empty the cupboard trying to find guys who could actually throw five innings. Now, potentially, they have eight or nine guys in the organization who can do that and and will likely be adding more. So I I don't want to say the pain was worth it, but that that's kind of the theme of life, isn't it? Go for all the pain and and stealing yourself with those bad times to make the good times come and make the good times more more special and more successful. So something something I've learned over the past year is you know, you you can you can go through all that, but if you come out on the other side and and you're still standing, you're going to be better off for it. And the Blue Jays are going to be better off for it. They're not going to be a a 60 win team in 2020. I can I can almost guarantee that. They like I like I think the goal is 500 for the Blue Jays. I think that's that's about where they should be aiming for and if they can get above that, I mean, that's going to be a successful 2020. You know, you're you're not there yet, but you're on the path. You're you're building towards something. And I should probably end this episode before I start ruminating more on my own life because I'm seeing way too many parallels here and I, I gotta stop getting existential when it comes to the Blue Jays. So I think that's gonna be it. I'm gonna go back to my birthday. Um, just a reminder, if you're not subscribed to Locked On Blue Jays, I don't know why not, um, but you can do so on... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya. However you get podcasts, you just Google locked on or search locked on. I'm going to try not to say Google as a verb because they're, they're getting kind of evil. Um, But yeah, search locked on Blue Jays. Click that button. Helps us out. Um, follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because I've been too lazy to see if I can knock them out yet. So maybe that's a project for the holidays. Um, and follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Locked on Jays. Um, we post the updates there. So make sure you don't miss an episode. And yeah, I will try to be back very soon if the Blue Jays keep signing people. Then, you know, I I will take time out of my Christmas holidays and come back and we will definitely have just as solid a baseball talk and life talk as we did on our boy Shun Yamaguchi. So 
for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecoach.com. I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.